This episode contains spoilers for The Evil Within 2 and maybe The Evil Within if we can be bothered. Hello guys, how are we doing? Hello. Not so bad, how about you? I'm good, I'm good. Normally we'd have the normal preamble here where we just talk nonsense, but um, we were talking just before and Slade has some really exciting news to share. It's true. Oh. What's he say? What, do I, what do I have to share? <laughs> I think you, you were telling us before. Dude. What? It's your news. The thing you what were telling news? us just before we started recording, have you gone shy? What the f*** are y'all on about? So did y'all make a new bit while I wasn't, like, around? No, you had some, you were like, you were telling us about the thing you were talking, like, the thing you're working on. Like, that really big news. You must know what we're talking about. Do not know what you're talking about. This I is propose- the preamble. I proposed a question in the group chat here, and it just says, would Elden Ring design be the same at the moment without Breath of the Wild? No, That's the only no, not that. The news, the, the big the life news, event The thing. project thing. No, okay, I think we f- with him enough, Tim. That's All right, yeah, there was enough going to see how long <laughs> we can do that for. I'm over here like, I don't know what you're talking about. Tim, Tim is being a bastard to me, by the way. And Joe, you're a part of this, so I'm upset okay. with you as well. Okay. Tim uh, bought me fucking Guilty Gear. What, the Switch one? Yeah, but he bought it for me on PC because they're not on sale on my side of the pond. Uh, okay. Yeah, I managed to I, find a copy for like a fiver. And I can't believe you agreed to do a, uh, a podcast episode. Well, I thought after, I have... after we discovered that Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was the original, he's a fighting <laughs> I will leave the call. It is it, it is the OG, the original. No, 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 no. Rock'em, Rock'em Sock'em is the original. It didn't even need rollback netcode. I mean, you were just there with the other person. Yeah. Yeah, but offline events are always going to be way more, like, responsive than online events. You know, if you want to make... If you're playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots, you want to make the other person lag out, you just, like, take your hand off the controller and slap them real quick. They don't know how to take it. Use that to Kick your full advantage. <laughs> how, do, how do you feel about those fighting tactics, Tim? They're, they wouldn't be Evo friendly. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah. You, um, you imagine at like an actual fighting game tournament nowadays? The guy just takes his hand off the fucking giant. Uh, what do you call him? Fight that stick or whatever. There was there's a, um, a Smash Brothers tournament a long time ago. I say a long time ago, a couple of years ago, uh, called Bad Things Happening to Good People. And it was like a bunch of competitive Smash players, but there was no rules. Like you could buy your like placement in tournament. Like you could just like pay someone off and be like, "I'll give you like five dollars if you let me just have this set." Okay. Like, I think that's that's not quite as bad as just walking over and like decking the other person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> one v one me IRL scrub. So I have a que- I have another question for Slade, and it relates to our uh, the moral message of two weeks ago. Slade, how did you get on? Getting giraffes to teaching giraffes how to make friends uh, in their 30s. You, you will have to ask me in three years when I'm 30. Oh. But you can still teach giraffes in their 30s. I don't know how to make friends in my 20s, Tim. Well, we're here. <laughs> we're friends. Yeah. I, got, I, I just happened to fall into these groups. Well, I mean, no. I say friends, associates. <laughs> I like Joey's like, I don't want to be included with you. <laughs> wow. That's not true. I always want to be included with you. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. In fact, when when I came up with the idea of of doing the podcast, I said to Tim, I didn't ask Tim who he thought. I specifically asked if you Oh, really? You'd be up for it. Oh, okay. No, thank you. So, I mean, we can say close associates if you want to 
really, yeah, really push it. <laughs> but um, so does Joey's assistant in a colleague relationship. Can I, can I give a peek behind the curtain for everybody? No. Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> it's the beginning of March right now. I don't want to actually date this, but we haven't recorded in like three weeks. The 5th of March, if you really yeah, know. Yeah, this is one of the few times when we say, like, see you in two weeks. We, like, genuinely mean it. We're only recording one episode tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm all if set gonna... with the next game. I'm done. I think Slade is starting it tonight. Joey, have yeah. you started it? I have not. I have been playing nothing but Elden Ring. For... I don't blame you. I've been doing pretty much the same for the last I haven't. I haven't had time to play games all weekend. It's very depressing, but I am caught up on Attack on Titan. That kind of took preference. Although... The next game that we're playing, I did finish it all on stream yesterday, and it took me five hours. Okay. Cool. It's not a long game. Cool, 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 cool. Well, we'll talk yeah. about that at the end of the pod. Yeah. Hooray. Um, Slade, how did the tux fitting go? Uh, it was good. You know, they just measured me up and whatnot. What are you so. getting a tux for? Uh, so my... Penguin. No. Yeah, I'm going to go pretend. I'm going to do my best penguin cosplay. Uh, no, so my 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 dad's best friend, his daughter's getting married at like the end of the month. Oh, and are you going to object? It, well, no. Not, not for her, no. It's a... Wow. Oh, she's a... Um, it's a that's, black... That's on the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. Her own dad says that about her. She really is, though. Um, How's that wedding invitation still coming along? <laughs> That's ah, fine. You know, it's a black tie event, so I have to like dress up, and I don't own a suit or anything. So you don't wear a suit to work. You, could you imagine me showing up in a suit, rolling up, getting out of my pickup truck? Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. In this heat, Joey, it's uh, so you know, it's like March, the beginning of March. Mm. For our listeners, it's 28 Celsius outside, or 81 that degrees. Pretty dreamy, freedom. To be fair. Where I am right now, it's five degrees. I sat at the football today on the terraces, looking at my friend Chris and saying how cold it is, while I had a lovely pot of bovril in my hands, warming them up. I don't. Do you know what my favorite I thing about Joey going to football games with Chris is? All right, what's up? But Joey, my favorite thing about Joey going to football games with Chris. He does this thing every time where he'll tweet at Aston Villa and say, it's Chris's first game. Yeah. Every single time. <laughs> and I, I'll, and he I'll put it up on a, the billboard. I'll take a picture. I haven't actually, to be fair, I haven't done it in a little while, but what I used to do was take a photo of Chris while he wasn't looking and say, at Aston Villa, this is my friend Chris. This is his first ever game, or this is his first ever pint of beer. He's really excited and thinks we're going to win 2 1. And they put it on the big screen and he gets They put it on like the Jumbotron. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. There was a little, a a short time at the start of the season when people were putting pictures of like Hasbullah and. and Bold Martin and, and like Anne Frank on those screens. No. So bad. No. I, ever, I ever tell you, we it was recently, we did some work at the um, Anne Frank School for the Death and the Blind, because that's here where, well, it's in Alabama. It's like, isn't that the Helen Keller School? Oh, yeah, it is. Anne Frank's the. Not, the one from not, the not, Holocaust. Yeah, Holocaust. Not, not the same thing. <laughs> not even close. No, can, no we, not at all. can we go on the record now and say Slade saying the word Holocaust and laughing is not reflective of the game club part? Yeah. Sorry. He, do, he does or regularly reflective. Refer- or reflective of Slade. Let's make that yeah. very clear. No, 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 no I mean, he, he does regularly refer to it as the. <laughs> well, let's not say that. Let's beat that in the edit. <laughs> God damn, Tim. 
but no, we went to the uh, yeah, we went up to the Helen Keller School for the Deaf and Blind like a while back, and it was the tech I fired a while back. Jeff. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like the, that's if, who we were talking about earlier. Oh yeah, yeah, he's the one who shit himself in the work truck. Yeah. Did he say my name is Jeff? No, no, he's uh, he's like the epitome of stupid. But when we were, I wish I was kidding. He's really dumb. But while we were up I might, there, I might alter his name in the edit. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm not naming him by last name. Just, just instead of putting, yeah. just cut me going. Yeah, my name is yeah. Tim's not gonna do that in the edit. You, you, you watch me how far I'll go for a joke. Um, but anyways, while we were up there, we were uh, they're getting like an addition to the school, which is really cool to see. And we were pulling samples, and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, uh, you know anywhere good to eat around here? He's like, what? I've never been here. I was like, oh, I thought you went to school here. Wow. <laughs> you remember when um, Taylor Swift had a big poll of what of what school she would perform at, and the school that got the most votes was the Texas School for the Deaf. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure the Spice Girls did something like that for a sit. Yeah, there's, and, there's and, a... And, no, but but the the highest um, scoring one was Baghdad. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see the thing, and it involves the Spice Girls, but somebody pointed out on Twitter that KFC, you know, because it's the, what is it, nine herbs and spices or whatever? All of them and are the K- salt, but yeah. No, no, and KFC's Twitter account only followed the five Spice Girls yeah. and four guys named Herb. Yeah. <laughs> There's, um, I can't remember what comedian Jack Whitehall. Uh, it is. Not Jack, is it Jack Whitehall? Who does the, Actually, they're all soul. No, no, not that one. Oh, okay. Um, there's a comedian. Uh, I, I can't remember who he's talking about, but he's like, their teeth are like the Spice Girls. They're all do, they're all their own different colors and doing their own thing. <laughs> wow. No, that was in a Soviet Womble video. Why is it Soviet Womble? I think it's a Soviet Womble thing. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, do you want to do um, a spoiler warning? I was just about to. This episode contains spoilers Hello. for The Evil Within Two and maybe The Evil Within if we can be bothered. All right. I think I held that together. Tim, play that music. Uh. <laughs> I, ju- I always say, Tim, play that music so you can edit the music in there. And I really <laughs> like that. Every time you look incredibly awkwardly at something and just hit it. <laughs> Alright, now the music will start. Oh, Tim, play that music. <laughs> Slade, sing that music. Uh, no. Slade, how does our song go? Off from memory. Hello everyone, <laughs> welcome to Game Club Podcast. My name is Joey Fitzgerald, uh, I'm joined by my co-hosts, who are going to sing their names. Tim. Uh, hello. That's not singing your name, it's I so can't sing. You, you just, said I hello, can't sing. it's not even your name. <laughs> There's so many bleeps, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm like the worst I think about bleeping. I, except for the I bonus. can't sing, that's so why I play stringed instruments. Just do it in a tune. 
It's one syllable. <laughs> you can do your you can, you can do your Twitter handle. Joey, you're the only vocalist here. Yeah, vocalist is very, very much stretching it. My name's Tim. You can find me at Wembembo on Twitter. In the edit, can you auto-tune that? You, I don't think you realise how much work goes into auto-tune. No, it doesn't. It's fine. Kanye West does it with a single button. He is auto-tuned. And uh, I'm also joined <laughs> by the wonderful, the marvellous, the dashing, the very sexual Slade. Hello, you can find me at Slade Plays Games on Twitter. On the topic of autotune, do you know that Cher's um, Do You Believe in a Life After Love is the first ever use of... Do you believe in a life after love? We got him to sing it. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. What was it? There was something... I don't know if y'all watched the Beatles documentary on Disney+. Plus. I have not. Well, I don't have Disney+. Plus. I don't have Disney+. Okay, so in the last album they recorded, uh, George Harrison had them make like an eight-track recorder. And uh, the people making the eight-track recorder were like, "Why do you need so many different, I guess, audio inputs?" Because if you mm-hmm. listen to older music, you'll notice it's like a lot of left ear, right ear kind of thing. Yeah. And the, the guy who was making it for him was like, "I don't know why you want this many inputs. You only have two ears." <laughs> uh, can I, sorry, we are going to move on to the episode any second yes. now. But uh, can I tell you about a story about when I recorded a song with a band when I was in secondary school? Sure. So I was in Tell a band for a very short amount of time, um, and we, we recorded a cover of I Disappear by Metallica. Um, okay. And we recorded it at the drummer Eric's house. And the only thing we had at the time to record was over a tape, on a tape player. Mm-hmm. So Eric is wonderful at music. He's an excellent musician. He came up with this way that we can do the layering on the the tape player and uh, it was only when we finished the recording and we were really pleased with it that we played it properly and we realized that we cover- recorded over the top of Celine Dion and she was singing in the background <laughs> <laughs> it was a full day of recording as well that's really funny yeah okay my favorite um I promise we'll get to the episode in a sec but One my day. favorite record my favorite band story with you Joe was um when we were at that studio in Hockley, I think it was. Madhouse. And was Rogers, Madhouse? Rogers jumped through the wall. Yeah, and there was like full of Korean newspaper and we covered up with a no smoking sign and bailed. <laughs> yeah, we no, we covered up with the amplifier and then we ran out and they called Eric again. Eric's getting multiple shout outs. Yeah. Uh, they called Eric's phone while we were on the way like, so we know Pop. that you have um, put a hole in the wall. And he was like... No, 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 that wasn't us. No, 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 no. And uh, we, he paid in the end. I think he paid for it to be repaired, and mm. we never went back. No. no. Yeah, so um, Rogers was pretending he was on stage, and he ran and jumped and kicked the wall and just went straight through it. Yeah, it Lovely. was like full of Korean newspaper. <laughs> I, I, at one point, I was playing a show, and uh, I accidentally beamed the bass player in the head with a drumstick. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get them like at least with the narrow end? No, the fat end where like you hold it. But it's still the end. Yeah, yeah, it's still the I end of it. But I, I beam, he looked at me so bad. He just turned back and looked at me. It was just, I was like, oh god, I'm so sorry. Wow. Uh, right, Joey, okay, let's yeah. talk video games. Oh, well, okay. okay. So I didn't come up with a question because Slade has come up yes, one for me. Let's go. I think it's a good discussion. I really do. I don't, but let's go for the question. 
I think it's a good discussion, though, because okay. So what got me thinking about? Like, do you want to tell them the question before we get started? Well, no, you, you, your question, you lead it, mate. Okay, but without without Breath of the Wild, yes, would we have the same style of open world game that uh, Elden Ring is? We've all no. been playing Elden Ring, yes. obviously. Of course we would. I I don't think we wouldn't. I, I think we, we would. wouldn't have it. I don't Elden think so. Ring. Elden Ring is basically Dark Souls crossed with Skyrim. Yeah, it's it's got nothing to do with Breath of the Wild. But it's but to me it's weird though because like okay I think there's a big difference though between like the um, like the Japanese open world game and like the American Western world you know open world game. Of course there is, but like but it's Oblivion like, and Skyrim and Morrowind and Daggerfall are all open world games. Right, but the the thing that got me thinking about this is that you know, like you just kind of like in Breath of the Wild, you just kind of exist in the world. The world does not care about you. The world is there at all times, and it's not going to hold your hand. You can just fuck off in any direction. Sky versus like those games as well, right? Versus in something like uh, what's the thing? Un- not Uncharted. What's the other one from Ubisoft that's not very good? It's got uh, Gus from uh, Oh, oh Far Cry. Cry, Far Cry, where. Those versions of open world games, GTA Five is a bit like this as well. It's going to say, "Hey, we have to go exactly here. Hey, we have to go right here and hold your hand and guide you through the world." This here instead, and I don't know. I think there's like some Breath of the Wild but elements that do it. That's I'm, just linear progression in an open world. But even I'm also playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and I'm enjoying it. But at the same time, it's like if you're not following the main, you know, it's an open world. But if you're not on that like main quest thing, Aloy is over here like. Man, I should probably get back to doing this. But again, you know, that's just it, linear progression. But it, I don't know. I like the hands-off, not telling me what to do aspect. So that's fine. Slade, but Breath when, of the Wild didn't invent when, that. Um, when, uh, and I'm not saying I, I said Skyrim mixed with Dark Souls. I'm not saying Skyrim is the only thing to do this. When I first played Skyrim, I didn't understand what the hell I was doing because I didn't follow the map markers. It was the first game I had that had map markers, very much like uh, a lot of games do, including. Breath of the Wild, maybe? I can't remember. Breath of the Wild would put, so, like, a little dot on the map, but not tell you what to do there. Okay, so I played Skyrim for seven, eight hours before doing any of the main quest line, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't understand the journal mapping. And I played it just fine, and there was no push to go and do the main story. It just was like, go off and do your own thing. And then I understand what you're saying about um, the world living and breathing around you but i feel like that's dark souls aesthetic and the design of it the is, characters it is. And... but like if you look at a game like say one of your favorite games is fallout new vegas right yeah well yes so fallout it's 76 perfect... 76 yeah. is um, fine be nice. it's so new vegas the game opens with you being shot in the head by chandler bing spoilers right? um it's not a spoiler it's the f***ing <laughs> opening cinematic Could um be shooting you in the head anymore Thank you, Joey. So, um, but it would be perfectly rational for you to, like, not want to go find the guy that shot you in the head. You can go off and do your own thing, and that's open progression in an open world. Right, but what I'm saying, it's such a, this kind of open world is such a, I I don't know, maybe to me, like a departure for a Souls game. You know, it just, yeah, it is. They're dropping all the linear aspects, so I'm just wondering if, you know, what the influence could be from other open world games but with the major success that breath of the wild is five years later on you gotta I, tell me it's it's a zero influence kind of thing yeah i i think it is a zero influence kind of thing i'm you sorry so? slade yeah i really I do know, no. because I, because so i think dark souls uh and dark souls one two and three i feel 
by definition, they are all open world, technic- technically open world, because you can go anywhere from the offset, right? I don't think so, they are open world, though. Looking at this, Elden Ring started development as soon as Dark, Th- Dark Souls 3 Ring City DLC finished development. Okay. So but, but, and sorry, that was so, a long time. So but my you also point, don't know... Sorry. My point oh, is that... I feel Dark Souls is an open world because you can just go wherever you want, whenever you want. I think all the Elden Ring does to um, to differentiate itself from that is you have more routes to those areas. I, There's I, more land connecting the points. I'd also like to point out, I don't think I'm right in saying this. I just think it's an interesting thought to have. It was something I just thought about the other day because I was, you know, getting. Well, I think there's parallels to be drawn, but I don't I think, think one inspired the other. But I, you know, we don't know how the development of this game started. But I also, Joey, to counteract your point, I mean, there there's points in um, Souls games like three would be a good example. You know, we complained, or I complained endlessly about um, what are the dudes that are like endlessly the spawning abyss the abyss watchers. Like you can't progress the game unless you get past them. You can't. Okay. You can't progress parts of Bloodborne without getting past certain things. Sure, there are bosses you can skip and come back to later, but the entire world is not open for you to explore right away. Dark Souls One, I could kind of agree with because you but can you on. can like come back and go forward. My I would my agree with one counterpoint for this slade would be, okay, you may be right, but Elden Ring. There are lots of places I can't get to because I've not got past Market yet. So the so I'm at uh, I just finished Godred right. Okay, you're and on accident, okay, so on accident, I found a path completely around the castle, completely walked around it, and just had the next one, and it was like, all right, you can continue on this way. And I'm looking back at the castle that I haven't even but gone I, and fought the boss. I, I, mean, I can't access the castle at all because I've not got past market yet. So I understand what you're saying, but I think that locking off parts of the world after bosses is very normal for... For a Souls game. Well, but for having... open world games. I'm trying to think if it would be or wouldn't, though. I don't know. There's there's a lot of different like design influences I keep seeing as I play Elden Ring. The thing is, if you said to me, do you think the new Pokemon game is inspired by Breath of the Wild? I would say <laughs> yes, <"Abs-> absolutely. <laughs> I would say 100% in art style and in world design. But I would not agree with, with Elden well, Ring. Well, like I said, I don't think I'm right in the statement. I think I'm making a broad generalization. Mm. But I, I think there's some like comparison lines you have to draw and pull. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Joey, I, I have a point I want to bring up to you because you, I don't remember what episode it was. You were talking about the trailer for Elden Ring. It's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah, sure. And you were talking about some assets that were just straight up ripped. Yep. So in, you haven't gotten there yet. So um, in Godred's castle, I was. As I was going through like the sneaky way to get into it, it just looked straight up ripped from uh, Demon Souls. Yeah, no, it will be like the remaster. So, so like, th- there's animations in the Tree Sentinel that are ripped from the first boss of Sekiro. There's also a boss in fairly early on. I can't remember his name. He like crawls on all fours and he's got the bear claw weapon. Yes. That's ripped straight from a boss from Sekiro as well. That enemy is the boss in Sekiro. There's also a character in one of the caves that gives you a thing that can help you with the Margit fight, um, who is in Dark Souls. Patches is in Dark Souls. He's in Elden Ring. He's also in um, fair, Patches Bloodborne. is also in Bloodborne. He's in... Yeah. He's, he's a FromSoft trope. Okay. Yeah. But, but my point is there's definitely ripped one to the other. For sure yeah. there is. And I, th- I think that's to be expected with a game of that scale. Yep. 
Yeah. Right, should we talk about Evil Within 2? Yes. Okay, The Evil Within 2 was released on the 13th of October 2017. Uh, It was published by Tango Gameworks, uh, and uh, Bethesda had some kind of input on it. Uh, It's available on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. got 82% on Metacritic and 9 out of 10 on Polygon. Um, Yeah, I mean, I did a very quick search while I was getting set up so no no no, it's fine i was just thinking about that nine out of ten that's all <laughs> well that's straight off the google page so um, i gotcha yeah uh okay so i'm gonna go for immediate thoughts on this game and i'm gonna go to slade no because see i always go first so i'm gonna pass the buck to ten no I've, I've asked you all right fine so my hot take for this which they've already heard it's resident evil 4 but made by people who competently know how to make a video game that's not me saying it's good. It just handles and controls better. The story and the characters were at least somewhat interesting to keep me playing. Um, but really, I just kind of breezed through it because, like I said, we were trying to make up time for you know playing the podcast and whatnot. I wasn't 100% invested in saving Lily like I wasn't invested in saving uh, Ashley. But at least, you know, I don't have to listen to Leon, you know, a thousand times. Yeah, okay. That's the sample I'm going to use to replace Jeff's name. <laughs> Tim? Nice. Um, I've taken a leaf out of Slade's book here, and I've written a couple of paragraphs. Oh, God. Tim is the new Slade. I just want to point this out. I've, I've passed my crown off we, to Tim. Tim is incredibly <laughs> sexy. Thank you. Um, oh, that's because you're the new was, Slade. Just Slade and I were talking earlier, and I said, I've not been having a good time with some of the games we've been have, we've had on the pod lately, and uh, I know that's not my fault because I'm perfect. Oh, fuck, I am turning into you. <laughs> um, so, The Evil Within 2 has left me with some very conflicting feelings. So, creativity-wise... This game is absolutely f***ing brimming with great designs and interesting set pieces and interesting themings around the enemies. So one of my favorite enemies, well, it's one of the ones that sticks in my mind at least, is the Anima. Uh, And it's an awesome enemy because it's meant to be the manifestation of guilt. uh, And only those who are being chased by it can feel guilty and can therefore see it. Which is why when it first shows up and you see someone get dragged through the window, you don't see the Anima. Only they do. Um, but then when it starts chasing you, you start like reflecting on the house fire and the events of the evil within one, I imagine. I didn't play the evil within one. And also like other enemies that are that really stand out to me are like the fast crawling guys that just roar at you. They are the stuff of nightmares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Slade will back me up on this. I have a really, really hard time getting immersed in horror games. And it's not because I get scared easy by them. It's just I'm very disinterested in them. Yes. And uh, it's... So they don't do anything for me. So while I was writing my paragraph, I was trying to separate my bias from my thoughts on the game because I was trying to think of the game in a vacuum more than Mm -hmm. anything. Um, However, my biases do exist and they're probably going to have some influence on my score. Of course. Um, So this game for me, though, had me in this really annoying flip-flop of awesome artistic vision and crazy designs, but with generic shooting and crafting mechanics. And we covered in the last episode how much you love crafting. Yes. So <laughs> I've gotten I've got written here. This is my longest paragraph, I will say this. Okay. So I get the feeling that this game on a story level and arguably world building level would have intrigued me more if I had played the first one and then the second. 
So the nurse, Tatiana, I think her name is, yeah. um, says it's good to see a familiar face. So she's either an old friend who's expanded on in the lore. So she, she in the first Evil Within, she is... So you know you've got the hub world that's like the police station. The hub yeah. world in the Evil Within 1 is a hospital. And right, she and is she's the nurse, like, nurse there. But she she serves exactly the same role. Cool. Okay. That's good to know. But again, I didn't play the first one, so yeah, I didn't yeah, have that context. So yeah. Um on this note, there's a bit of dialogue between Sebastian and O'Neill. Sebastian being the main character, O'Neill being the guy at the house who handles like your weapon upgrades and stuff. Yeah. Um uh-huh. and I was thinking about this in the chapter where you're trying to get to City Hall. Yeah. Okay. And O'Neill is describing the passageways that get around Union, which is the town, uh, to get to the city hall. And you have to go, you have to navigate these series of passageways. They, he made it very clear that it's not tunnels, He's, but he made it more akin to phase shifting. Uh, that he calls these areas the marrow. And Sebastian replies with, none of this makes any sense. Um, <laughs> to which Neil's response, and this is a quote here, Fortunately for you, it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to work, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way as a player because it was a very blasé response to see to what is a real crucial mechanic to the world of this navigation. Using the line, it doesn't make sense, kind of drew attention to the fact that it doesn't make sense. Sometimes not saying that doesn't make sense and not bringing up that it doesn't make sense is a better approach than highlighting that doesn't make sense. Doesn't matter. It works. Okay. Like that's it. I would have, I'm not saying an expedition uh, expedition exposition dump would have been better, but either some explanation or not acknowledging it would have been better in this approach. Yeah. That's kind of like telling the player, don't worry about it. Exactly. And that, and for a game that's, I don't know if I agree. So I think like, I, I appreciate what you're saying completely understand on board. I think what that does is puts you more on a level with Sebastian. Okay. And and I think oh. I, I understand what you mean, but mm. the evil within, and, and we'll come on to it when I talk about the story, but it's confusing and it jumps all over the place. And Sebastian as a character, as the main character, doesn't know what's going on a lot of the time. And I don't think you as the player are meant to know what's going on a lot of the time either. I, and I think that adds a bit of relation between you and the main character. I mm. wonder if that's also because like Sebastian is also an outsider. Mm. Yeah. At the end of the day, he is an outsider to, um, God, I had to look up stuff because I've already forgotten <laughs> how, so many. Stem, things. I think is Stems. the name of the program. Well, Stem yeah, is yeah, the yeah, name yeah. of the thing. Yeah. I just want to make sure I got that the name correct. But yeah, so because you don't technically work for Stem, I mean, the guy just has to be like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. I mean, that's like, you know, if um, if a subcontractor was like, explain what you're doing, I, I wouldn't go into the math and the details. You'd just go, just, over the, you'd go over the I'd, basics. And the I'd go over the very basics, you know? Yeah. I, I, was, um, I, I wouldn't worry about, you know, teaching him because it doesn't matter to him. It's can, not sorry. important. Um, I, I agree. Um, just so we're not confusing ourselves later down the line, STEM is what the world is in. So when yep. you're plugged in, that STEM, the evil corporation is Mobius. Mobius. Yep. Thank just so we don't. And then Union it is the town. On. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So he's not a Mobius employee. Yeah. 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 So I don't think it. You know. Yeah. I wouldn't explain if I was a Mobius employee and he was like explaining those to me. I'd be like, hmm. no. 
I'm not doing that. No, but like it could have been like <laughs> left on a file or something. This game's not a stranger oh, leaving things true. on files or walkie talkies yeah. or whatever. It so it would have been nice though. to have some explanations somewhere, but it was just no, nah, don't worry about it. Okay. And for me, like it's a Bethesda game. They do lore. That's mm. kind of their thing. Like it, it just felt a little lackluster to me in that front. Um, I got one more gripe, and then I'm going to end my initial thoughts on a highlight. Okay. Um, uh-huh. The gripe is, surprise, surprise, a bug I ran into. Oh, for God's because Tim, what's, what's wrong with your PC setup, I don't know man. what it is. Whenever I, whenever I play games on the Microsoft Store, I always run into some sort of bug. Whenever I download these games illegally, I always come up with a bug. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was only a small bug, uh, this one. Other than that, this game was really bug-free. Um, but it was the room where you're, where it's just after Stefano's hallways, which by the way, Stefano's hallways are a really cool bit yeah. yes. uh, of the game rather. Uh, and you know, you get to the room that turns on the emitter and the Obscura comes out yeah. and yes. there's like a whole timed boss fight with the Obscura. As soon as I entered the room, Sebastian kept on saying, that must be the emitter. That must be the emitter. That must be the emitter. Over and over again until I turned on the emitter. That I was wasn't like, all right, I get it. That Fucking wasn't hell. a bug. That was just making sure that you knew it was the emitter. Yeah, <laughs> just really making sure. Um, my For the last part of my initial thoughts um, was some highlights for me were monster designs. Um, as mentioned, the the Amina and the crawlers were really cool, but the weird like laughing gas twitchy lady thing. Mm. That thing was freaky in like yeah. a really cool way. Uh, Stefano's story, I think, had a really interesting backstory to it. Because mm-hmm. I'll be upfront, I haven't finished the game. How uh, far but did I... you get in the end? So I got just past the first obscure. I'm assuming there's okay. more obscures. Yeah. Um, but I ended up doing some reading to, you know, get myself invested in the conversation but stefano's story is very cool i like the i like the symbology with him replacing his eye with a camera and like when he ends up summoning things outside it's done through like a big shutter and aperture on a lens that's in yeah. the sky that's some really cool stuff also the loading screens really cool they don't do much but i think they're really cool i don't yeah. remember the loading screens black room there's like a light at the end of the tunnel kind of situation uh, it's all in yes, water of course of course yeah. yeah that's really cool that's a really cool loading screen I like how Joey stuff. didn't know it's a loading screen. Well, I, I did know it's approach. a loading scroll screen, but it's uh, I we I played this a while ago. I can't remember. Loading screens uh, did not stick in my mind. Yeah. Well, that's um that's my initial thoughts on the game. Okay, I'm really glad that uh, there was a mixture there because I um, I think that. One second. I think my Roomba is destroying my house. <laughs> I've heard something else. <laughs> that's fall the over. opposite of what it's meant to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give me one sec. Slade, uh, gave, Slade told me a bit of information. Um, look at him run. Um, um, <laughs> Chasing a Roomba around the house. I know. Um, he was telling me earlier that he heard a weird noise in his kitchen. He went to go and check it out, and his Roomba was basically attacking the broom. <laughs> have you ever seen pictures online where people have Roombas, but they have had a dog shit in the house? Yeah, just, just across the floor. Have you like, seen the ones where like people like tape a knife to the front and put balloons on the back? No. Then and the whole idea is they like have a knife fight and whoever pops the balloon wins. I really like in um in you can hear his Roomba beeping. I know there's um, they're having a scrap. Um, I really like that in Parks and Recreation he tapes a speaker system to the top of a DJ Roomba. DJ Roomba. And and uh, what's his name? Uh, steps on it. What? Oh, the John Ralphio. Guy. 
No. Oh, Jerry. Jerry. I was about to Jerry. Jerry. Listen. No, we're not getting it. No, he's Jerry, Larry. Jerry, Larry, Gary. Those are the three names, because he starts off as Jerry, then you find out his name is actually Gary, and they've been calling him Jerry because they got it wrong on day one. And then when he gets called Gary, they're like, that sounds stupid, we're going to call you Larry. And then from the rest <laughs> of the series, they just call him Larry. Right, okay. I've been I've been rewatching Parks and Rec lately, so that's good to know. Parks and Rec is sensational. I've been it's very good. I've been rewatching Breaking Bad. Good show. I've done, well, I've seen it two or three times. I've just yeah, got yeah. to the bit. You know where he runs over the uh, spoilers for Breaking Bad. You know where he runs over the dealers and he turns to Jesse yeah. and goes, "Run!" Yeah. Oh, that moment. So, that that bit goes hard. So my Roomba decided to take out another broom in the kitchen. <laughs> I was saying to Joey, your Roomba attacked a broom earlier. Yeah, so I have two brooms in my kitchen. Uh, one's by the back door and the other one's like in the corner, I guess. Because like when I come home from work, I come home and I go through the kitchen. Yeah. And I always try to like whatever mud or concrete's on like my work boots, mm. you know, sweep it off outside and get it out of the way. Yeah. But yeah, it's attacked two brooms now. It's Good. It's out of control. Yeah, it's eliminating the competition. Basically, yeah. Uh, Joe, you were saying before you were saying you 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 were glad my views were mixed. Yeah, I think um, I think personally. So, Slade, did you play the original Evil Within? I did not. So, the Evil Within is more akin to Resident Evil Four that it's much more linear, Um, and the Evil Within Two was a massive step away in making a uh, sorry a more open world survival horror game. Um, and I think that that in itself is really, really hard to do. But I, I think it does it well. And there were bits of this that were genuinely freaky. Like, Tim, you said the lady that comes out of the, uh, you know, when the you're gas. in the diner and she chases you, like that genuinely yes. shit me up. And they transport you to the the world, which a lot of the worlds that they transport you to within the Evil Within are ripped straight from the Evil <sighs> Within 1. So, Tim, you won't have got there. Slade, you have got there because you've completed it, right? Yep. You know but... there was that massive sequence at the end with all the spiked walls and the guy with the safe on his head chasing you? That yes. was a boss rush from Evil Within 1. Okay. Right. See, those I, I would have no context. Yeah, okay. Because I remember the safe guy from the marketing material yeah. when this game first launched. See, but I appreciate callbacks like that. I mean, I kind of wish we would have played the first one, but, you know... Here we are. Oh, but the problem is, the problem is, and I think I'm going to spoil this. I really enjoy the Evil Within, and I think it's really innovative. I don't want you guys to say whether you're going to, but I am going to recommend this at the end of the episode. Okay. When it comes to Evil Within 1, I wouldn't recommend playing it because it's just not as good. And it's. um, I actually own the Evil Within 1 now. Think about it. It's on the shelf. I just never played it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as good and it's much more confusing and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like this one doesn't make sense, but more intentionally. Tim, is someone knocking your door? No, the office building across the road has started doing drumming circles on a Saturday night. So I'm sorry if you hear that or whatever oh, no, karaoke is happening across the road. Can't hear it. I know. Um, Working in their offices. <laughs> so so yeah, I think um for me, I think this game is really innovative with the way it does it. And and 
I think it it felt open world. I didn't think it needed to as much as it did in a lot of places because, uh, and I'll come on to the story, but the main motivation of your character is to save his daughter. And yeah. a lot of the time for me, like as a dad, if you had to save your child, your main <laughs> focus would be save your child. Whereas actually what you go off and do is like, ooh, shiny things to put on my weapons. And yeah, just distracted. It's, well, and... it's funny you guys bring up the Resident Evil thing because in my notes here, and I'll bring this up later when I'm talking about scores. I think mechanically this game is very very similar to The Last of Us, mm. but story wise, feels like very much like an early Resident Evil. I like I said earlier, it feels like Resident Evil Four, but just like confidently made. You know, you have the character you need to be invested in saving, <laughs> spooky world to go through. I mean, I think um, Resident Evil Four is confidently made anyway, but no, it's not. I mean, that's well, entirely opinion-based. It's okay. But... It was made by somebody beat with a stupid stick. It's okay. I, I didn't realize you worked Tim. on the game. I did. Anyways, that's why it's poorly made. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that, that Evil Within and Resident Evil were written or made by the same person. I don't know. That Maybe. surprise um, me. I want to talk about something in Tim's little... Um, I guess before we get to the story, Joey, which mm. good luck explaining it. Well, I'm going to do uh -oh. the like whistle-stop tour. Yeah, so that's that's fine with me, Tim. You know, you don't get invested in horror games, and I didn't no. get invested in this one. And I'm somebody who like does get invested in horror games. Mm. Um, one one of the things though that like I never felt like scared or like jump scared really in this game. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a few moments, but the photographer, right, Stefano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure it just wasn't Stefan, but yeah, Stefano was like my favorite thing. Just looking at how he took the photos of people dying, I was like, that's creepy. That's gross. His whole you know thing I mean? is that he captures people in their moment of moment death. Moment of death. And I'm like, that That to me was like not spooky, scary, horrific. That was horrific in a slice of life. In a psychological way. Yeah. I'm like, something's wrong with this. And I, I wanted to know, you know, I was hoping he would be the overarching villain the whole time. Because yeah. I was really invested with him. Because <laughs> that's... As we've said before, you know, villains are more interesting than superheroes yeah, ever yeah, will yeah. be. And he would be somebody – I'd like to see, you know, more of him or more well, characters I'm, like that. I'm going to caveat what you just said and say that villains are more interesting than heroes. The bad guy is yeah. always more interesting. Um, I've just looked it up and, and the director of Evil Within and Evil Within 2 was also mm -hmm. the director of Resident Evil 4. So oh, you okay. can see that the – um, you can see the influence the lines, yeah, and I really like that you guys didn't know that and you, you pulled that um, influence it's, it's kind of obvious when you play yeah. it it's, it feels very it obvious it feels reminiscent for sure except for the, like the controls though aren't clunky the movement's good you know mm. okay I'm gonna go story so you play as uh, detective or pre uh, former detective Sebastian Castellanos who uh, was the lead character in Evil Within 1 and at the start of the game, you're at a bar, washed up, drinking away your sorrows. And essentially, you're tortured because your daughter uh, and your wife, or was it just your daughter? And no, wife. just No, 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 no. It's just daughter. It was mm -hmm. just daughter died in, in a house fire. Right, yeah. Um, so you're there drinking away your troubles. And someone comes along and says, I work for Mobius, which is the big bad company organization basically umbrella from resident evil um yeah. and your daughter's actually alive and she's within this program that we have called stem which is from the first evil within and 
you need to go in and save her. We sent in our team and they're not responding. So you go in and you plug yourself into the STEM machine and it transports you to Union, which is a town, but it's fragmented and all over the place because um, the people within STEM have run wild. And Mobius want you to get it under control. So you spend the first part of this mission, uh, of this game. Um, I'm trying to think of whether you see Anima first or Stefano first. Stefano. Stefano. So you start off in a gallery and there's this guy taking pictures as he kills people. As he takes the picture, it freezes that moment in time. And that's Stefano's whole shtick. He likes to take these really gruesome photos of him killing people. And like you guys said capturing that moment where they're in the most pain or just on the verge of death. Well, his whole thing is that he was a war photographer and what caused him to snap was that he caught a photograph of someone dying in an explosion mm. and he called it his greatest work of art. So he's been trying to replicate that. Yeah. So once you go through that and uh, you're, you're trying to get out of there so you can find your daughter, you come across this massive monster that is like a combination of loads of body parts pulled together called Anima. She has a big old saw arm and she chases you down um and you escape from her and end up in the town of union and you go from point to point looking for your daughter tim's laughing at something i just got sent something very funny also i'll show you guys after the podcast okay Unbelievable, isn't it, Slade? The professionalism it, on this is... It's very unprofessional to be looking at other devices. So down. You'll see why it's down. very funny. Um, so, yeah, you, you basically spend the whole time searching for your daughter, believing that Stefano has your daughter. And about halfway through the game, you end up at Stefano's um, gallery, and you have a fight with Stefano, and you kill him. And as Slade alluded to, this is only halfway through the game. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, and this is my take on Evil Within 2, I think the second half of the game is not as good as the first. No. Um, so you find out that there's another big bad guy. I can't remember his name, but he basically likes fire. And um, you find out he has your daughter, but you also find out that your wife is in STEM as well, looking after your daughter. And I keep saying your daughter, I've forgotten her name. Lily. Lily, thank you. Uh, Now who's unprofessional, Tim? Um, So you're looking for Lily, and you find out your wife is in there. Um, You kill the big bad who likes fire, and you find your wife who has Lily, but then it turns out that she wants to keep Lily within STEM because that's where she knows she's safe. And then the final boss turns out to be your wife. You kill her, you get Lily, you get out of STEM. That's the Evil Within 2 in a nutshell. So well, I that... thought I read in the synopsis that after you defeat her big bad form, your wife's big bad form, yeah. she like turns back to normal and she's like, I'm going to mm-hmm. stay here and collapse it from the inside. And it's implied yeah. that she dies that way. Yeah. Well, she dies. Yeah. yeah. Vaguely, ambiguously, setting up. It's open for a sequel again. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's um, in a nutshell the story. Yeah. What that doesn't cover is the magnitude of bosses 
like the Obscura, like Anima, like the guy with the chainsaw, like the callbacks to Evil Within One and the Mist Lady. I think what this does really well is pulls the best bits of Evil Within One and goes, look how insignificant these were in comparison to what you're facing now. Um, it's a and, it's a sequel sequel. Essentially, yeah. it's like a proper sequel. Yeah, yeah. But I think it did that really, really well. And I'm a bit. Um, I I don't know why. I just assumed you guys had seen played the Evil Within one. But I feel like I wouldn't recommend you play it now. You played Evil Within two, but I would mm. recommend that you play it before you play Evil Within two. Yeah, I I alluded to that in my notes. That's that's kind of a weird statement though, right? Because we've we've said it many a times like a good sequel is one that like branches off and jumps off and makes things, you know. It iterates on the original. Yeah, uh, yeah Banjo but I feel Kazooie like... and Banjo Tooie, prime example. I don't think yeah. you need to play Evil Within One. I think what it does is it helps you. It probably helps you better understand the law. No, I think it helps you understand the gravitas. Yeah. Of what like, you're okay. facing. It gives context for what you're, or better context for what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Um. I mean, I was going to ask about shining lights for this game. Is there anything that you guys really took away from this? I I, I stand by the uh, Stefan, just the photographer. That to me was interesting, the most interesting character, and yeah. I I hated to see him go so soon, but it was that was my favorite bit of the whole game. To be honest, my reading it, I re- I did a lot of reading on him before this, uh, before we got into recording today, and he's and he's got an interesting backstory. I didn't get to the part where you kill him, so it's disappointing to know that he's not the overarching villain of this. Yeah, yeah. He feels like he should have been, though. No, he, he does definitely like... should have been. It's like the yeah. it's like Vass in Far Cry Three. Yes, yes. Yep. Bang on comparison. Yeah, like um, Vass should have been the main villain. Fun fact, by the way, that guy auditioned to be the main villain of Far Cry Three, and he didn't get that. But they liked his audition so much, they made Vass for him. Well, Vass was so oh. much better when Vass he shows cool. up in when he shows up in Better Call Saul. I was like. I know you from somewhere. Yeah. But, um, and then he says, but, you know, the definition of insanity and gives you some herbs. Yeah. It, it was weird that he did that in Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, the another tenuous link to Resident Evil is exactly what we spoke about before. This game is, is great up till halfway, and then it seemed like they didn't know what to do with it. It felt like, falls well, off a cliff. Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't say it falls off a cliff. I still think it's good. But there is a moment where you are in the marrow, getting between the main bits of the world. And Slade, you'll know what this bit is. I don't know if uh, if Tim, you've seen this bit. But there's a bit where you're running through the marrow and everything is as you expect. And then all of a sudden you come across a big, and I, I can't describe this in any other way, a big old cummy monster. <laughs> I was wondering I if we were going exactly to get to the semen demon. I was the wondering. Se- <laughs> the semen my, demon. My, my name on Steam for a long time was Screaming Steven, the semen demon. <laughs> but, um, but it, I was it's, wondering if we could bring it up. It's weird that you're just... I think in a game that is surprising as this, I think this, the big old cummy boy is... Uh, so... Yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's fine because it gives like some extra anxiety or stress to going through the marrow yeah no i agree i agree but like, it's just it's just like when you get to it you're like what the hell is going on <laughs> i think he looks I think, a bit like one of the world serpents from dark souls as well uh, i think this goes back to yeah. like what i said a few weeks ago in uh the outlast 2 episode thank you joey for the sock puppet <laughs> <Sorry>. anyways <laughs> <laughs> fucking chris uh 
back to a few weeks ago what I said in uh, that last playthrough, you know, in uh, Security Breach, there's the little mini music man, which when you're in the vents, which should be a safe place. Yeah. You'd be like halfway through it and he just pops up and you're like, oh God, now I got to run. But there's nothing I can do. The marrow isn't a safe place. There are no. enemies in no. the marrow. Um, there are enemies, but it's, it's, an extra, it's an extra tension though. And I, I don't mind that. I feel like what the marrow, and I know Tim, you weren't mad on the explanation of it, but I feel like what it does really well is, <gasps> sorry Slade, are we boring you? No, no. Um, the, the What it does really well is you get so used to being in an open world and like a really vast land that you can just go around enemies and the marrow are really compact, narrow tunnels that are packed with enemies. And I feel like it gives it another dimension where it's like claustrophobic in a way. The um one thing I've written, I've written in my notes here, um, and I'll bring this up when I'm talking about scoring later on, is the first person stealth section of the when you're in the marrow and the gas mask is one of the tensest bits of yeah. this game. It's about the only time I felt tense in the game. I disagree with that because that kind of threw me out of it for a bit. But the thing is, you're used to being operate being able to operate your firearms in in an area, but obviously the area to B zero two or something like that um, to the, like to the that. city hall um, is full of gas and you can't use yeah. firearms. And yeah, so like I we just... said in the Outlast episode, the reason that Outlast is scary is because you don't have a proper means of defending yourself. Yeah, and that's exactly just... what the stealth section is. I just completely like got taken out of the zone during that though, because I was like, "Oh, it's gas. They're just doing this to hype up that you know we're in a sensitive area." And I yeah. didn't think twice about it. I just skidded. <laughs> but again, this is coming through. from someone who's pretty, uh, I guess, not invested, right? To the point that I think it might be an undiagnosed form of ADD. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask you guys. Obviously, the the enemy design is pretty wild and out. Oh yeah. Um, yes. What was your favorite design of an enemy? Do you know? I was thinking about this while I was playing it, and I was thinking, man, these enemy designs are cool. And do you know what came to mind? One. Your thoughts, Joey, on Sunset Overdrive's enemies. Ooh. How they were like gross and interesting looking gross yeah yeah and i i got that from this game instead and again i don't get invested in horror games but i was intrigued by the designs of even just the common enemies Mm. yeah although the highlights for me have to be the big gassy lady when i when i first heard one of them the big gassy lady when i first heard one of them like she kind of has this like weird choking laugh sound effect Mm. And I had no idea where, where that was coming from. I was like wandering through the streets of Union and I was like, what the fuck is that? And so the only thing I thought to do was climb on top of a truck and like look around to get a better viewpoint because the enemy aren't so good at cricking their necks no. upward. Um, so I climbed on top of a truck and to have a look around and I see this gas cloud essentially come out of an alleyway slowly approaching the truck. And I didn't know what to do. I was like frozen there. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah I eventually she, she shot is, her. She is creepy, but I really like that they are just wandering. Like we spoke about Elden Ring at the start, but I really like that the bosses just wander around the streets and are an imposing threat like all the time. They're not locked to a single area most of the time. No, they could just rack up anywhere. But obviously there's going to be set things that trigger them. Yeah. Well, but. no, they're not because Anima in well, no, that's not true. So, uh, no, Anima is just wandering around all of the levels. Yeah, but she's not going to be like in the first t- the first time you get to Anima uh, to a Union. She's not uh, going to be there the first she's, time. But she's in that that area. 
Yeah, but she like is when you area. wander first into the town, you're not going to see her there and then, is what I'm saying. Okay. But once you're past that bit, they kind of are just everywhere. Mm. It's kind of crazy. Um, but no, big twitchy gassy lady was a, was a, was a real favorite for me. Mm. How about you, Slay? I, w- I was going to say the semen demon. Just because it was so <laughs> out there. Looking. Yeah, well, he he is he is wild. Well, his whole room is like full of bubbling cum, and I hate it. <laughs> it just it just it just looks like the sock under my bed is all it reminded me of. And just... uh, it's a bit it's a bit um, softer than that. Yours is so rigid you can pick it up from the corner. But you know, um, Slay can't put that in the washing machine you know, in case he gets pregnant. It's like it's like a brick in a washing machine. You can hammer and nails with it. You know, uh, <laughs> you know why the sperm crossed the road, didn't you? Put on the wrong socks this morning. Hey, <laughs> all um, right, back to. But so I, Slade, I like yeah, Slade. I like that that demon was the cutscene of it as well, like yeah. where you hid behind the boxes and it just like yeah. above you, and you're like, "Please don't drip on me! Please don't drip on me!" Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt Sebastian so much there. Because I mean, you don't know what that actually is. And I was well, like, "Yeah, you, demon. you gross." Yeah, Joey. What about you? What was your favorite? Anime? I think Anima sticks with me. So Anima's Animal's design cool. of like yes. all the heads, but also so early in the game, she definitely is imposing. And there's a point where Tim, I don't know if you got to it, where you're running through a corridor and the Chainsaw Man is after you. Not the Chainsaw Man. Now the Chainsaw Man is was like one of the big enemies in the Evil Within One. And there's a point where you're running away, and Sebastian goes, "Oh no, not again." And you're running and running and running and jumping over the hospital beds. And then all of a sudden he goes, I'm not doing this again. And he turns around to fight the chainsaw man. And then Anima rips him apart. Like Anima just destroys the big bad like that. And it's a lot like, you know, the wall rider in Outlast. Yes. Throwing Chris Walker into a vent. It kind of shows how helpless you are against this massive enemy. Do you know what it reminded me that well I say it reminded me of, but do you know what that reminds me of is um there's a boss in the basement of Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Um right. where Legion. it's like what's that? Legion. Not Legion, no. Um The big old so, orgy ball. Not that one, no. Um <laughs> so essentially you're set up to fight these giant skeletons or something, or it might be like one of the vampire bats, which is like a staple enemy of Castlevania games. And then a hand comes out of the background and just crushes this bat with one hand. And then like you're essentially fighting a boss that's in the background by ha- by hitting his arms mm. that are reaching into the foreground. But the point of it is that this new enemy has just ruined a staple boss yeah. from the series. And that's re- that that gives it a real sense of power. Yeah, I I think I just I really liked how um she is it Anima or is Anima the Gypsy Lady? No, Anima's not the gassy no, lady. No, Anima is the gassy lady. According to the wiki, it's called the Guardian. Oh. And Anima is the twitchy gassy lady. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, so um, you live and you learn. But do you know Do you know what impressed me in this game as well? And I brought this up in the Dark Souls episode. I have a strange fascination with cloth physics in video games. <laughs> okay. I think just uh, if, if a game's got cloth physics, I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. Like, <laughs> and that's um, all it takes to yeah, get a recommendation I'm, from Tim. Yeah, if if it, if it's got motion <laughs> inputs and cloth physics, I'm sold. You know, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that's. And then I, I also wanted to ask you about Union itself. So I thought that Union was a pretty. It wasn't massively inspiring, but it was a pretty cool location. 
Um, and a lot of it was explorable. It, it felt a bit like a 50s middle America town. Did y'all, did y'all ever play Fallout 3? Yeah. yeah. You remember the level where you have to go Tranquility? Yeah, Tranquility it's a virtual reality thing. That's 100% what it felt like to me. Was yeah. Bethesda was like, hey, what do we need? And the, one of the devs there worked on Fallout 3 and it's like, hey, let's improve Tranquility Lane. But I, I really Except like... For- that you know that whole thing we said and we've said it before about breath of the wild about dark souls where you look at something and you go i'm going to explore that yep this game this is this does it but it's flipped on its head in that the world is like fractured and like there are bits floating above you upside Mm. down and despite them being there you are going to visit them at some point so like when the city hall area is introduced, O'Neill is on the walkie-talkie to you and he goes, look up, and you pan the camera up and the building is upside down on a bit of rock. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say then was, was um, the town, for some reason, maybe it's like because of the fact you're handling shotguns and dealing with demons and like you're like working in a small town. I got almost Evil Dead vibes from it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fair. I think that Evil Dead having like its... Over the top cheesiness is definitely something that was inspired within games like this. Yeah, certainly Resident Evil, which obviously we know mm. had a pretty key influence in the game's making. Apparently, it did. Yeah. So can I um can I tell you a very quick story? And it's, I'm going to mention Jenny, and then I'm going to caveat that I didn't get Jenny's thoughts for this game. I'm sorry. Boo. Um, when me and Jenny first started going out, we worked at the O2 Academy, and we would work club nights until three in the morning, and we wouldn't get back until four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of those nights, I was like, oh, I'm really awake. Um, I, I, let's put a film on. And she was like, Jenny didn't do films. Like, she'd never seen The Lion King before we got together and things like that. And I said, okay, well, I've got this film. And I put on Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, so Evil Dead 3. <laughs> and she was like, what the f*** is going on? And uh, I fell asleep within the first 10 minutes of it. And she just watched the whole thing like, I have no idea what's happening. And that <laughs> reminds me, uh, our first ever Valentine's Day together, we spent hungover and I made her watch Godzilla and I fell asleep. <laughs> 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 um, was, okay. it at least, was it was it at least Matthew Broderick Godzilla? Yeah, it was that's a lot of fish. That, that's a lot of fish, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, so I am going to ask: Do you guys have any extra thoughts that you want to talk about? Anything we haven't covered? Two things. One of them is my paragraph involving scores, so I'll get to that when I'm talking scores. One thing I want to bring up, and I imagine there's an answer for it in Evil Within one or at some point later on in two um i've written something i don't understand correct me if i'm wrong union is like a metaphysical place yeah it's like meant to be like in your mind yeah it's not real it's metaverse yeah um and it's it's facebook (laughs) um but like it's essentially a culmination of minds so surely lily is just plugged into it somewhere uh yeah then why doesn't he just go over there and unplug her and carry her out um, because that would make the game short. But I feel like this would solve a lot of Sebastian's no, so problems. So I think I think the whole plugging in. I don't know why they don't cover it in the game. Um, but maybe it's another. It's, no, but it's it's one of those things like you know the Matrix where you have to be like dialed out. Otherwise, if you unplug someone and they're not dialed out, they die. Yeah, that is covered yep. in the Evil Within One. That if you unplug from STEM without being properly done, you die. 
Um, but right. what they don't show is Lily in like one of the big old stemmy old baths like they have in. I think they should show her in one. Though. Yeah, I think like, maybe in a cutscene well. while Sebastian's like in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, but they don't. Because if if they did, that would also like reinforce your entire reason to be in there, right? Yeah. But I, I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe they explain it, but or and if they don't, that kind of loops back to my point of it doesn't matter if, if it doesn't make sense as long as it works. Yeah, I don't think they they did that particularly well. But um, yeah, if you unplug from STEM without doing it properly, you die. Mm, they never again, actually I, cover how you unplug from STEM. But um, Again, though, I, I didn't know if that was something that was covered in, in one or what. But, well, sort of is my yeah. answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, the only thing I've got is for my paragraph on the score. Okay, well, let's move on to the score. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, because we have that exciting Ooh. cliffhanger um, for Tim's uh, score. I hate to extend the cliffhanger. It's one hour in. I'm going to go pee. Didn't you this already is your pee? second pee. It is my second pee. You need to see a doctor. Yeah. I've got a bladder of like a three-year-old, I promise. Okay, but maybe get the bladder of an adult put in you instead. Why have you got no. a three-year-old's bladder in your house? Ah, Where's the, the rest of the three-year-old? <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't ask too many questions, Joey. But now I walk away. I like when he says he walks away. He actually like skips to the toilet. He, he like skips sideways, like he's doing a <laughs> show too. <laughs> but yes, I thought that the um, I thought that the, um, the the design of this game. There are highlights, and I think the enemies are absolutely incredible. And For if you sure, like, yeah. if you like the enemies, I would recommend Evil Within One. Um, mm. But the Evil Within One is very janky, and it's very um, linear, and it's corridor based. And... It'll be. I'll be going into scores. Sorry, yes, we are yes. going into scores. Um, All right. Sladicus, uh, well, actually, I'm going to start off. I thoroughly recommend this game. Uh, I think it's good fun. I would maybe just give up after Stefano. Um, and if it was, if the game ended at Stefano, it would be very short, but I would give it a 8 out of 10. But because it's poor after that, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. So I I feel like Joey here that if you just quit playing at Stefano, it's an 8 out of 10. I would recommend it. But uh, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. You know, not not the best, not the worst. It's interesting to play through, though. It'll Did keep you, you invested. So are you recommending it or not? Uh, yeah, I'd say give it a whirl. Okay. But maybe look up, like, what happened in the first game. And Joe, yeah. you said 7, yes? Yeah, I said 7. Okay, sorry, I was updating the document while we're okay. doing this. Tim! Well, that's going to leave my final paragraph in a very interesting place. So, okay. I've put... I feel like this game needs to be rated on two levels, one for artistic vision and one for gameplay. Um, for artistic vision, I've got to give it a 9 out of 10. I think okay. it tries to do something really, really creative uh, with its visuals and its sound design, and my bias from horror games isn't going to take away from that because I can really appreciate the theme, theming and symbolism. However, in terms of gameplay, it's getting a 4. Um, oh, wow. So... I feel like it does a few unique things like the radio tuning and the first person stealth section and the skill tree, while it's not unique, is well done. I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it feels a bit like The Last of Us meets Resident Evil. Um, so, you know, it's it's not doing anything crazy unique, but it's solid for what it is. But I just don't, the shooting and the crafting is a bit too generic for me. If I'm averaging it out completely, so nine for artistic 
Uh, and four for gameplay. That actually leaves me with... Actually, that doesn't work. Hang on, let me recalculate my score. <laughs> Tim has to do math. Hang on, Tim. everybody. Tim is 6.5. Okay, thank you. It gives me a 6.5. <laughs> Um, in my original writing here, it's some I somehow got eight point five as the score. Um, don't ask yeah, me how. That doesn't add up. No, not at all. Um, so it's going to get a six point five from me. So while I personally didn't have a good time with it, I completely acknowledge that's me and fighting. No, not fighting games, horror games. Um, I fucking hate fighting games. <laughs> when um, uh, so I completely acknowledge it's on me. It's 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 my lack of interest in horror games. However, I would recommend it because it feels like it's trying to do something interesting. Oh, that's cool. Nice. And on I... our new on our new barometer, that also means that this game scores just as good as Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> wow. So what is it out of ten? Six and a half. How does that make you feel, Tim? Not great. So can I just say the one thing that I also think is not great about this game? This game has a hold your hand mode. And I think that from the get-go in the options menu, you can turn off or turn on infinite ammo, one bullet kills everything, and invincibility mode. See, here's the thing though. My game wouldn't let me do that. Because you need to log into a Bethesda account to do so and when i try so, to click that i get stuck in a loop of the bethesda account loading so joey told me that i just turned on infinite sprint yeah but the, the i don't like that there's a cheat menu from the offset it should be something that's either earned or you know yeah found. if you complete the game then fair enough do it once you've completed i have to say the first time i played this because i played this a while ago and i got to the stefano fight and the Stefano fight without cheats is very fucking hard. Um, I found it very difficult. This time around, I turned on one bullet kills for Stefano because I didn't want to get to the point where I couldn't get past him. However, if I was just playing on a regular schedule and trying to get past him, I yeah, I really would have struggled with it. I just felt like it cheapened the experience a little bit. To... See, I, I didn't get that because I, I wasn't able to enable the cheats. No. Like but that's, I but that's the... not the game's fault. That's a glitch. No, no. That's, a, that's a glitch with no. my build. Yeah. No, I like I said, I left the, the combat alone. I just gave myself the infinite sprint. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, shall we talk next game? Let's talk next game. So, next week... Uh, next week. In two weeks' time, uh, we are going to be playing... Uh, a very fun spin-off of a major series. Meme be... the game. It's memes the video game. Um, we're going to be playing Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Mm. And for those who don't know, this game is exactly my kind of humor. So <laughs> I am 100% here for it. I'm very excited to get their opinion. Oh, are you asking never for it a... now? No. I've never played a Metal Gear Solid game. So... I mean, yeah. No, never have. We should do number have... one on the podcast. One's fun, two's fun, three's fun, four bad, five fun. I didn't enjoy five. I had a good time with five. I've, I, I really like the fact that the villain was basically Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> I really <laughs> like three the best. I think three, three was really excellent. good. But I I think... We're getting a little off topic for the end of the episode. No, we're not. Um, I we... think for... For three, for in terms of quality of game, I think three is by far the best. However, I think with something like Metal Gear Solid, with the 
the reputation that comes with it. I feel like you kind of almost need to go to its roots. I'll yeah. give you a second. I have a phone call. This is the third time. I'm sorry. I wish I was kidding. Somebody's actually... Oh, I've got so many friends. Oh, all the we people I'm talking to. Yeah. What bit? I, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, but no, my, my, fav- my favourite f***ing meme from Metal Gear Solid 3 has to be... Um, the part where you're climbing any ladder and it just comes up with what a thrill the music yeah I just like three if you get stuck on the sniper boss fight you just move your uh, console to clock, clock a week and, and he then dies. It, he dies of old age it's just that's so Hideo Kojima f***ing meta bullshit uh, you know do you remember the fight the sorrow yeah yeah uh, and obviously the more enemies you've killed in the game the harder it is because it's all their souls yeah. Um, I didn't realise that birds had souls because there are vultures. <laughs> <laughs> so you just get exclusively killed birds. Yeah. Or, um, the, or the fact that like you can eat a cobra and snake's only response is tasty. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty memeable game, to be honest. Oh, with. the whole Metal Gear series is. Like, the whole kept you waiting her is like a classic line. I'm back. Hello. Okay, cool. Well, now that Slade's back, I can say... Uh, Melk here rising next time. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely two weeks. We'll speak to you soon. Tim, Join us, what's, uh, what's Slade teaching next week? So Slade, uh, next by the next episode, he is going to be going on a journey to jump on the roof of cars yeah. in his neighbourhood to find a good New Year's present for his best friend. Ooh, awesome! Yeah. Enjoy that. And uh, there you go, Slade. Doodles, everyone. Doodles. Goodbye. Play that music, Tim. Great. Beautiful. Alright. Are we doing a post amble? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited. Uh, it was a work phone call, not actually interesting. I had a phone call earlier today. It was one of those scam calls. And um, it was one of these ones being like, yeah, yeah, we want to talk to you about a conservatory. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, cool. I've been, I've been thinking about that. And I kept him on the phone for about 20 minutes. And eventually I was just like, <laughs> it, I was like, it's a slight thing, though. I live on the third floor of a flat building. Is that going to be a problem? <laughs> <laughs> they hung up. I used to answer uh, cold calls. Oh, yeah. Like a ridiculous accent every time. I'd, they'd call and they'd go, Hello, are you the homeowner? And I'd go, Hello, yes, I'm the homeowner. What do you do? How can I help you today? And they'd go, Okay, bye. And just hang up. Yeah. <laughs> and they stop calling after that. They now, so like, I, Joe, your phone probably does this too, where like Google will like filter out, you know, yeah, some spam calls. Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. So, uh, my granddad's car battery died at his uh, doctor's appointment the other day, and because my phone didn't recognize the number, it just sent him to the Google Assistant, and then my phone's going off, and I just look, and you know, it'll like, uh, transcribe it, and it's like, it just said, pick up the phone, and it just censored the word asshole. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Must must be important. We don't have the Google Assistant sensor thing. That's a US-only thing, and it's a shame, because I would love that. I don't you know if would you love the sensor? No. Nope. So if if you get a call from an unrecognized number, it'll essentially bring Google Assistant onto the phone for that person and be like, 
this person, you're not in this person's contact, who are you, what do you want? And it will transcribe on screen so you can just like hang up or pick up the phone there and then. Oh, that's cool. It's like it's a very nice secretary. feature to have. Very nice feature to have. Mm. Beyond Elden Ring, because that's obviously all we're going to probably talk about in the post sample. What else have y'all been playing lately? Uh, Elden Ring. I've been trying to balance out uh, Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West at the moment. And are either one of y'all going to play Horizon Forbidden West? No. Nope. Okay. Um, I've, well, I've been seeing people get mad on Twitter that it's now not getting any attention because Elden Ring's out. This is the second time this has happened, though, because the last time they released it, five days later, Breath of the Wild came out. <laughs> Can I just say, though, for Elden Ring, I absolutely love how popular it is and how many people it's bringing to yeah. Soul style. Have y'all, there's, I can't think of his name, there was some streamer and it was his first Souls game to play was Elden Ring. And he made his way down to the cat in the uh, catacombs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> he just didn't learn, right? The cat is has very easy to read movements and it would swing. Do you mean the watchdog? The watchdog. Well, it's, no, it's the cat in the catacombs. It, it looks like a cat. It does. Um, a funny anyways, cat. It would swing, and instead of rolling away, rolling to the opposite side, he just rolled into its sword every single time. But there's there's this whole group of people online that are like, I've got this game, I've paid £50, $60, whatever it is for this game, and I can't get past the first enemy, what am I doing? And like, every everyone who's played the Souls game is, is going, go around, just don't fight the enemy. Yeah. And yep. I, I think it's it's what I think is that Elden Ring is cool. Elden Ring is well made, and I think it's going to bring people onto a love of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Demon Souls. And that, like, I don't know. I've never set, felt a sense of pride in like a game before, where you just think, "I really can't wait for you to have this fucking experience." Yeah, yep. it's gonna be. I was amazing. like that when you picked up Breath of the Wild. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you guys were. Both of us had true. that, yeah. I um, I, I did have a story of, um, I guess, love boss... Yeah, a story of love and peril. Like, I guess a boss skill-checking me um, in Bloodborne when I, the first time I ever played it. Uh, I got taken to the Hypergian Jail, and um, the boss that's in the area is Dark Beast Pearl, uh, yeah. who's like the big electric dog. Who is hard. And he's hard, and... I thought, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take this guy out, I'm going to take this guy out. And I was there for about four hours getting seven shades of shit kicked out of me, right? Just like over and over again. And I was livid. I went on Reddit, on the Bloodborne subreddit, and was like, can anyone help me with this? This is my build. These are the weapons I'm using. I'm using these runes. I can't beat Darby Darby's pal. First response was, he's optional. Go around. I was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, and it's true, and I think that I, I don't know how many of the Elden Ring, the, the the Elden Ring, those are words. How many of the Elden Ring bosses are mandatory? But there isn't many. No. And there's a no, lot there... of lot of bosses in there. I've done the third mandatory boss now. I don't think I've done I think any. I've only, I think I've only done one of them. Side, so you've just beaten God Godric. Godric. And so yeah. so sorry, Margit is mandatory, one. right? Yeah, Margaret's mandatory. Godric? Godric's two. And then Renella is the third one. See, I've not met those two. I still when haven't you beat, beat Margaret. When you beat Godric, there's a guy who spawns in at the round table in, like, a library room, 
and he essentially gives you a list of all the required bosses for the game. Oh, really? And he is, he's essentially like a scholar and historian, oh, and cool. he's there to give you like what battles they were in. He doesn't tell you like how the fight works, but he's like, here is why this character is significant. Nice. Essentially, hey, Body Vidya's wet dream. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Body Vidya gets, gets a lot of lot of airtime on this podcast. He does. It's cause because we love he, him. he does a good job. It's like Gino Samuel. He also does a good job. Yeah. Something else, another it's... one. Gino Samuel made the uh, Chris Chan documentary. Episode sixty just came out I recently. Still have no interest in watching this. I want a good documentary and and. I recommend both of you watch it, even if you're not into the sport. Drive to Survive Series 4 comes out on the 11th, and it basically follows a Formula 1 season. Watch okay. it from the first one. I had no interest in Formula 1 before, and now I'm well hooked on it. It's incredible. So, this is, I'm going to get my ears ready for the bit here, but on my other podcast... No? Not doing it? Cool. Okay. Doing what? Never mind. Um, so, uh, on the podcast, we had a, we we had a guest on because we recorded episode thirty last week. Nice. Um, we oh, good job. we got Jacob Grodnick on, who plays a pretty key character in the movie. Oh really? Um, yeah, we got so he plays a character called Todd the God, um, and so we got him on. He did like a thirty-minute interview with us, but he we asked him, you know, if he wants to plug any upcoming projects or anything, and he said that he just got done producing a documentary about the guy who invented the bulletproof vest called the Second Man. Um, and it honestly, the way he describes it, it sounds interesting. I really like my favorite bulletproof vest story is how Johnny Knoxville got his from Jackass got his big break, and he got a uh, a. Um, he got $200 from his mom for his birthday, and he went and bought the cheapest bulletproof vest he could, drove out to the desert, and filmed himself shooting himself in the chest with a gun. Jesus Christ. No. It's just mental. Have you, have you seen the new movie? I, no, I really that, want to. I, I saw it in cinemas. It's really As, good. That irks me, because, like, if I clean out one of my rifles, I don't even like from, you know, you take the uh, the action off the back. I like how you say, I, you know, like, either of us are going to oh, go, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'll go down to the but, hunting and plumbing store in Bristol. <laughs> but you take, you take the action off the back. a lot of airtime on this podcast. <laughs> Shout out to those guys. <laughs> but you take it off, and you can look down the barrel, and even though I'm looking from it, like, the wrong way around from, like, the buttstock, it's still, it's very uncomfortable. I just could not picture I, um, one at me. I was he, talking to someone about, um... The hunting and plumbing store and their first response was they really like to shoot the shit. <laughs> <laughs> like all right well That's done good. well done can i just say uh, back on jackass i was never a fan of the 3d film movement apart from jackass 3d i've never had a film where 3d was more appropriate than them shooting a dildo directly down the camera <laughs> into yeah. you and it coming out of the screen there was a Fantastic. thing in uh gears of war 3 you remember they were trying to push that for video games like pre-vr days yeah and there was a thing for gears of war 3 it came with uh 3d glasses mm -hmm. and it had a 3d mode on the xbox 360 to run it god that's that horrific was, yeah there was a game um on the wii of all things called mad world if you guys remember that um it was like a hack and slash beat em up thing, uh, but the whole thing is in black and white aside from the blood which is red. Mm. But I think I remember reading you could order custom sized filters for your TV to give like different colors for the game. But like you had to mount them on the TV. <laughs> 
weird. Like video game development has like weird history. It's anyway. a wacky, like, wacky things that they try. Be, there would be someone in that room going, oh, "I've got this great idea, and it's going to revolutionize the industry." Well, apparently, like the whole, you know, the fact that the Switch comes with like a red and blue Joy-Con, like by yeah. default, was a complete accident. Yeah, like yeah. at Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, they, it's like somebody just happened to stick two different colored ones on. There were somebody. It was like higher up was like testing unit or something, and they were yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah it's great." Somebody higher up was like, "Oh, that looks unique," and they just rolled with it. Hundred percent an accident, apparently. Oh, um, when you asked which games I'm playing, there is another one, but it's a very obvious one. What's the other is game that I'm playing? FIFA, Football Manager. Football Manager, well done. There it is. Is there a new one? <laughs> no, it's the 22. It's the latest one. Okay. But I played it for two hours on a train yesterday, and then I felt like the coolest guy going. Do you know? Um, Go, looping back to Guilty Gear at the beginning of the at the beginning of this conversation, um, Slade has bought a fighting game. Nope, nope, I no, have not bought a have. fighting game. No, I haven't. You I have. was gifted a fighting game. No, no, game. no, you have bought a fighting game. I did not buy a Tim fighting game. Tim charged it to your credit card. No, you know, you know, has not, you know no, no, he, he has bought Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Nope, it's still on my wish list. I haven't bought it yet. Oh, I'm you haven't bought it, it yet? Out. Okay. No, I'm going to buy it when it comes out. All right. Pre-ordering? Don't pre-order. You pre-order. Yeah, you're an true. idiot. Pre-ordering Elden Ring was an excellent move. I also pre-ordered Dying Light 2, and I enjoy that. How are Is you finding it? Are you still playing pass? that? Or? No, it's not Game Pass. Are you still playing it? or? Uh, no, I haven't played since Elden Ring came out, but I enjoyed it in the Fair meantime. Enough. Yeah. It tidied me over for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go back to it eventually, but... Um, yeah, that's yeah. it's it's pretty wild, but it's not helpful. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. on that note, see you later. Before we go away, just one more time, where can, where can they find everybody? Joey, what's our Twitter? At Game Club Pod. Thank you. You sound very enthusiastic about that. I am very much a very active admin who forgets to tweet for weeks on end. <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a little joy of mine when I get to tweet the episode being live before Joey and oh, I get to be smug about it. It's a little join our Discord, share memes. Yeah, yeah, join oh, the yeah. Discord if if Joey remembers to put our Discord in the description. Well, the Discord is not in the description of any of them coming up. Uh, I last <laughs> I last tweeted five days ago um, about um, when I exclaimed at thirty five minutes and two seconds, everybody likes hose and I'm not proud of it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Tim. It's all good. Uh, where can they find you? Uh, at Wembembo on Twitter and Twitch. The Talking Smack guys actually follow me on Twitch now. Oh, nice. Talking Smack! Oh, shout, out to, shout out to those guys. They gave me an awesome. individual uh, shout out the other day on Twitter. Yeah, it was really and, nice. and me. It was nice. Well, all of us, but Josh Talking Smack is such a lovely bloke. Yeah, thank you for dude. everything you do for Absolutely. the podcast community. You are, yeah, thank you, you are our favorite. You are Twitter a beacon. It's, uh, More than Josh, you and you and Joey need to get a room. That's all I'm listening it's to right now. I'm looking forward a uh, little spoiler by the way for the future we're doing an episode with them I'm no, looking forward to it I don't know what the plans for that are well we haven't planned anything our end but let's leave it at that yeah um, yeah anything Tim where, where else can they find you uh, Twitter Twitch Instagram um, Pokemon Go I don't know only fans no I got rid of that it got too mainstream it was too popular it was too popular. I didn't. I didn't need all the money. <laughs> it's the end plug bit, so make sure you catch it in. What do you mean? He's saying plug yourself. What? 
You have another podcast, don't you? Oh yeah, that thing I've Tim, pressed. Tim, you're <laughs> dumb. Um, so there's a podcast that I'm on called The Fanatic. There it is. Some point. Wait, when does this episode come out? This one, um, let me open Chrome back up. Here we go. Uh, this one comes out on 3.28. So that's the 28th okay, yeah, of March for anyone who's correct. Yeah, okay, so by the time that comes out, by the time this comes out, episode 32 will be out. Go and listen to the Jacob Grodnick interview. It offered a lot of insight to the movie. That's episode 30. Uh, that's coming out on March 11th, I think. Um, so in episode 10, I'm on that one. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, Slade, give your thoughts on the movie very quickly. It's f***ing off. <laughs> wow. We've de- we're debating doing a season two, but with a different movie. How does it feel I am. being invited on, Slade? Because I don't know what that feeling's like. Uh, he hasn't invited you on yet. No. I figured you would be mm. busy with the baby and moving house. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a big beep. <laughs> that's, Slade almost uh, spit take. Um, I would have got all over my mouth and phone. Good lord. Yeah. So, um, but we're debating doing a season two with something like Dragon Ball Evolution, but we've agreed we want to do like a two-month break at least. I think the, yeah, problem, the problem is, Tim, that from what I've heard, this movie is so horrific that nothing is going to top it. No, there's no. There's I, can think of some, I can think of some movies that are worse. Like Zizek's Road, for example. What? Zizek's Road, it's the, it's the worst performing movie of all time. Dude. You could watch... The room. You could watch the. Uh, oh no, the room. room's. No. You could watch uh, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure movie. You could watch uh, Thomas and the Magic Railroad. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, any of the Shark Boy and Lava Girl movies. You could hey. watch. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. I will not have a bad mouth oh, about you. Oh, and Twilight. Tim, you watch Tim Twilight. went to see Twilight in the cinema. I did. I went to go and did see really? the second Absolute one. Yeah, my a friend of mine. Funny. Friend of yours. It was your girlfriend at the time. <laughs> no, it wasn't. There was a guy called Scott in my college, and it was his birthday one day. It was his girlfriend at the time. You were thinking of High School Musical. That's the one I'd go and see with, with, the, with the girl I was going out with. Yeah. Was that oh, the girl um, that used to eat her own eyelashes? No. She was interesting. She was interesting. Wait, if we go through your dating history without using names, it would be quite a fun, fun time. Yeah, let's let's not do Can that. Can we do that? Um, the one that thought no. she was a ninja. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. All right, let's. Said, where can they find you? <laughs> They, uh, you know, you can find me over at Slade Plays Games on Twitter. Okay. That's the that's the easiest place. Because I don't stream. I thought I'd stream me playing Elden Ring, but I, I just can't be bothered. Can I tell you something fun? I've Go streamed on. me playing Elden Ring. No, have you haven't. You? Yes, I have. On Xbox? Yep. Nice. Yeah. How was it? Uh, well, I got my ass handed to me. Were there any, how many viewers did you have? Zero. <laughs> Why didn't you wow. tell us? We would. I would have shown up for that. Because well, yeah. I don't really care that much. All right, fair you enough. know what my feelings on social media oh. are, despite controlling our Twitter. That's true. Um, after we finish this, or unless you want to do a peek behind the curtain now, I want to talk about some scheduling stuff. Oh. It's not, it's not oh. going to take long. It's not going to take long. I want to go to bed. I want to take a nap too, Joey. I'm very tired. What time? You said you'd start Metal Gear Rising tonight. It's, like... uh, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock here, and I've been up since 5, so... Joey, I woke up at 4 this morning. I went to bed at midnight last night. I haven't... I don't sleep very well. Um, 
real, real quick. So, you want to end the episode real quick and we can just have this quick discussion? Uh, this is all saying. <laughs> just ends with Joey crying. Just... Okay, anyways. We've been talking about it. Tim, you're going to have to play. Well, yeah, I don't want to either, but here no, we go. No, so you said you'd make a start and I want to see your reaction just to the first level. <sighs> Tim, I'm going to go take a nap after this. No, come on. Nope, too bad. Um, okay, Joey, do you think by 420. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Love you, bye.